0: Over 30 years of serving the Arizona homeowner. 13 years in a row ranking
1: Arizona's best referral network. RosieOnTheHouse.com. Protecting you, informing you, and educating you. It's Rosie on the House. Come on in. I got you a fresh pot of coffee right over here. Rosie on the House, every Arizona homeowner's happy place. Now, we show up every Saturday morning for the purpose of informing you, protecting you, and entertaining you on each and every topic having to do with your Arizona house, home, castle, or cabin. We have been voted Arizona Number one homeowner resource for 14 years in a row. Don't even think about touching your house until you touch base with us here at Rosie on the House. And you do that during the radio radio broadcast by dialing a toll-free number, one 888 767 forty eight and allow us the privilege of putting our Arizona home ownership, home building, and home remodeling experience to work for you. Here since nineteen sixty six, been building and remodeling since nineteen seventy two, chances are there isn't any place you could be in Arizona that I haven't been, and there isn't anything you're trying to do around your house home castle or cabin that I haven't tried to get done once or twice before. And if I haven't done it, chances are I know someone who has, and we can help you out. Dial 1 767 4348. That's 1 Rosie, R O S I E, the number four, and the letter U. 1 Rosie for you. And we are here for you. Now, before I get started in today's topic, I want to take just a short little bunny trail on a trip I was on this past week. I've been out of town all week long. Last Saturday after the radio show, uh, Jennifer dropped me off at the airport and I've been in Philadelphia until Thursday night. And I've told you before and lived to tell about it and I live to tell about it. And I've told you before that if you have never been to New Orleans, the number one reason to go to New Orleans is the World War II Museum, not anything else. Well, I'm here to tell you that if you've never been to Philadelphia, the National Constitution Center is worth a trip to Philadelphia. It's, it's on the Independence Hall Plaza Museum Park. The Liberty Bell's on display there. Independence Hall is there. Congress, Hall Hall of Congress is there. And they have built, Jennifer, since you and I have been there, they have built the National Constitution Center. And what it teaches you about how the Constitution came together, the men that wrote it, and why it has been the most successful Constitution ever written in the history of mankind. And the biggest thing I learned that I just wanted to share with everybody. Is there y'all aware, since that constitution was written and passed and instituted, how many other constitutions, other countries from all over the globe have used it as a model to build their constitution and their independent governments? It's absolutely astounding. I've always felt the Constitution has been a nearly a miraculous document. And I left the National Constitution Center even more convinced of that. So, travel advisory recommendation. If you ever have to go to Philadelphia for anything, don't miss the National Constitution Center. And that center is worth a trip to philadelphia if even if you don't have to go really really enjoyed our week in philadelphia with all the fall colors we were in a resort right on the delaware river uh we got to view i love conference rooms that have one wall of the room nothing but glass then i can stare out the glass and daydream all day long the flights of canadian geese flying up and down the river that were right on some little falls there in new hope pennsylvania is absolutely gorgeous so that's my recommendation let's get back to the topic rosie on the house your arizona home you can become a Rosie on the House insider by going to our website, rosieonthehouse.com, and subscribe to our newsletter. That newsletter will come to you in the email box every single Thursday. It's by subscription only, and it will never you it will never lead you to be spammed for anything. It's just our newsletter. It tells you what we're covering this particular Saturday, so you'll have a heads up. If it's a topic you're particularly interested in, you can benchmark your calendar and make sure you tune in, which you should do every day, anyway, every Saturday, anyway. We just finished a fabulous outdoor living hour with Donna Di Francesco on gardening books about Arizona. Absolutely an awesome hour. This hour we are going to take a topic and uh, pour a little gas on it, and then I'm going to use my flamethrower. I have no idea what kind of reaction we're going to get. But our topic for this hour is short-term rentals and what it has done to neighborhoods all across Arizona. If you have a story you'd like to share about a short-term rental a VRBO, a Airbnb in your neighborhood and you'd like to share it with us, we'd like to hear it. one 767 4348 with the caveat this is a family show and there'll be no foul language. <laughs> because this topic can really bring the heat out by some homeowners that are in the neighborhoods of these short-term rentals and the Impact those short term rentals have had on their immediate neighborhood. I have successful short term rental stories. Uh, in, in, in our very own neighborhood, we had some Oregon folks buy the home immediately next door to us, and they were great. Really great neighbors, and they were only there a little bit, but we talked to them all the time. Every time uh, their Oregon State Beavers uh, played a game, I'd touch base with them, and every time they saw our LSU Tigers or ASU Sun Devils or U of A Wildcats, they were big football fans, so we always had something to talk about. They decided because the house was empty nine months out of the year, ten months out of the year, they would do an Airbnb option on it. And Jennifer, I loved having that house as an Airbnb. We we used it every time. I mean, I mean, when our family comes to town, it's uh, six kids, five spouses, eleven grandchildren. <laughs> And and just putting them up next door was awesome. They could just walk across and have breakfast and lunch and dinner, and it was. I loved having that as an Airbnb.
2: Me too. It gave us more hours together because we were closer together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There are other success stories of uh, short-term rentals as well, but boy, there's a lot of horror stories. And there are certain communities that are really wreaking havoc. And they the state legislature in Arizona just. Passed a bill that they call the Party House Bill, and HOAs who, who can't prevent you, and cities who can't prevent you from turning your personal property into rental income can't stop you. Well, now they they've begun to set up some restrictions on you to keep your short-term rental home from becoming uh, the neighborhood flop house, party house. Uh, And the the legislation basically says, look, if you're going to take your home and turn it into a short-term rental. There's a couple things we'd like you to do. We'd like you to get a short-term rental license. We'd like you to have a registered, 24-hour a day, 365-day a year contact. So, should the neighbors or the police department, if someone files a complaint about what's going on at the house, or the police department receives a complaint on house, we need to have someone we can ta- contact immediately, 24. Seven, And at the point your property is the recipient of three complaints over the course of a year, there's going to be fines to pay. And I know I I was talking about the Constitution Center and the the rights of private property and what you ought to be able to do with your private property. I know there are property owners uh, that want to preserve the right. Of turning an Airbnb. I mean, you may have a rental home, and that rental home may be uh, bringing in eighteen hundred dollars a month for long-term rental. And then you realize, gosh, short-term rental, I could I could probably pull three hundred, three hundred fifty dollars a night. That would double my income. If I could keep it fully occupied, but let's say I only keep it occupied half the time. Well, then the house is going through half the uh, use it is right now. I'm making the same amount of money, and that'll reduce my maintenance. Looking at the numbers of turning your rental property into a nightly short-term rental, or two or three or four-night short-term rental, it has to be 30 days or less to be called a short-term rental, uh, greatly increases the per-day income you can pull it down on it but then it's your chance as a matter of fact the neighbor i was talking about uh actually ended up selling his home because he couldn't rent it enough to make it worth the trouble uh, except to us. <laughs> so <laughs> he wanted to know why we didn't just buy the house. <laughs> why didn't we? I know we should have. We should have. Okay. Um, you know, another one of Rosie's should have should have could have. I've I've got a I've got a whole library of those.
2: So we've we've seen it happen both ways. We have. I mean on the, the same street, the other end. Uh, The house sold several times, and then all of a sudden they started adding things like little tent awning things, and it just kept expanding and expanding. Three o'clock one morning, I woke up and thought, what is that sound? And I woke Rosie up, and it was gunfire, and there was helicopters overhead. Turned out it was a big wedding with 150 people, and they were shooting guns in the air. So, and then they, those people all spread out through the neighborhood, and people having their doors knocked on.
3: So it wasn't a shootout; it was, it was just, just a, a
2: happy party shooting kind shooting of thing. Shooting air, yeah. <laughs> but those people spread out, and they were banging on doors. You know, it was crazy. I'm
1: not. Uh, if my memory serves me right, I think the report the following day said Scottsdale Police Department picked up about 120 empty bullet casings.
2: So that's not fun to wake up to.
1: That's not fun to wake and up to. And what
2: if somebody had been sitting outside? And
1: those are hard to find. Lead flood. There's probably a lot more yeah, could there. be. Could be.
2: And it was obviously set up as a party house. I mean, I think if it's just a regular home, the chances of that happening are much smaller.
1: If you've got a short-term rental story to share with us, and like I say, it has to be family acceptable story, <laughs> give us a ring at one The new legislation, a lot of people think it's a great first step. A lot of people think it didn't go near far enough.
3: In the article about short-term rentals, we have a statistics in there from apartments.com. Phoenix Metro has over 5,200 listings. Tucson has nearly 1,200 listings. And it talks about the homes are usually located in areas that support tourism and nearby attractions. Now, you guys have talked about, you know, one being just close to the family so you could spend more time together. But if you were going to send somebody to the Tucson area, what areas would you say tell them to look for a short-term
1: rental? Well, I'm kind of partial to the Foothills area along Skyline, Ina. You know, only because Catalina Mountains are hard to beat. Yeah, yeah. But but there's other. I mean, anywhere's around Sorita or Vale is awful nice as well.
2: And we're we're a little different than most travelers because when we go, we're not going usually for an event or something we're going to relax and so we look for places that are a little on the outskirts get away from that kind of the hotel feel and having to see a bunch of people in the morning
1: and if they've got a place to put horses uh that that, that drives up our potential of staying there as well but even even in tucson mountain uh west of uh 10 and 17 there uh, up on uh, twin buttes uh, uh that that's all pretty area as well so I, there's a lot, a lot of pretty areas. I just, when we were there for the home
3: show a few weeks ago, I was snaking my way east, and I was trying to avoid the major roads because it was Saturday and there's you know college game day. And when you leave the convention yeah. center, so I was, I think I would just stayed on Sixth Street and it turned into something else. And about two miles into it, I just ended up stuck in this neighborhood that I drove around for a few minutes really nice historic area. Uh, everything seemed to be at least half acre lots, big mes- mesquite and palo verdes added, nice desert tree canopy all on it. And I thought you know what, you you wouldn't know if you just stayed on Broadway or Speedway or Twenty Second that this neighborhood was just packed tucked was, in was packed right in, in here. But if you had to be near downtown you know, that's you know, a 10-minute drive. It gets you some really, really nice property.
1: Well, I mentioned that I was in Philadelphia uh, all week, and we were outside Philadelphia, and the hotel where the convention was, was uh, scheduled in New Hope, Pennsylvania, was full by the time— my schedule opened up, and I can make it. So I ended up staying across the, the Delaware River, across the the bridge, uh, in Lambertville, New Jersey. And we were in a bed and breakfast. It was the most. It was the most well appointed. We got there at like eleven thirty at night, and they had orange juice and and eggs and all. We didn't have to shop any. We had breakfast already set for us in the refrigerator. It was very well done. So there's, and Jennifer and I stay at them regularly. Like I say, if, if we uh, if we find a place in Arizona uh, that's also a bed, a breakfast, and a barn, uh, that's usually where we'll pick to stay first. But some of the things this new legislation, and someone called during the break and said, are you taking questions about House castle or Kevin that have nothing to do with VRBO? Yes. we. The lines are open. You can call us, one triple eight seven six seven. 4348 it does not have to be on topic we're just trying to cover the topic uh, to give you options are you considering taking a home your primary residence um you said there were what five thousand in phoenix uh it was a little more than that yeah well i can promise you by january of 2023 well, Glendale, now, I don't know if be, this... There'll be about twice that many. I don't know if this
3: statistic included the metro area oh. or just Phoenix proper, because yeah. that, yeah, that wait, you're talking about the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. yeah, Glendale, Peoria, uh, there, there'll
1: be a lot of listings there. You could move out of your house and, and lease it for a month or two weeks and, and probably have four months of mortgage payments. <laughs> yeah, very, very likely. And... If you were
3: coming into Phoenix, not just for the Super Bowl, but, you know, somebody coming in to preview the town or and for work, where would you tell them, you know, what neighborhoods to look in, Phoenix metro area? Now, you might have to section that off because that's such a yeah, you massive sprawl. You'd be like, no, I'm, I'm looking East Valley, I'm looking Central or West
1: Valley. Yeah. I'd, I'd look for something in Rio Verde. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like some I sum th- up against four peaks. Yeah, yeah. But or, uh, but like I say, most Dallas. most people like like when I was looking in Philadelphia, I was restricted to where I could look for what I was going in town for. You know, I needed to be close to that facility, that event. So that's generally what drives. It. If you are coming in just for vacation, my, my my stay would always be a little bit more rural. As a matter of fact, the last VRBO we stayed in, Romy that would take horses, was outside of Springerville, Arizona. And Jennifer and I went in and found it during the day, and I'm glad we did. Then we went to dinner in Springville, because if we'd have tried to find it after dark... Wouldn't have found it in the dark. We we (laughs) would have been looking for two hours, but it was a great setup. We've got Glenn, Lisa, and Doug all going to be on with us right after this break. weather to be driving any Arizona road right now in a new Sanderson Ford top up top down windows up windows down be a great opportunity for exploring the great state of Arizona in some of the finest most award-winning vehicles on the planet by Ford Motor Company purchased by the most award-winning Ford dealership in America right here in Glendale Arizona sanderson ford open monday through saturday get in there and find out how you can buy a car with no hassle no pressure and no additional markups sanderson ford been buying there for 35 years sent all my friends all my family i've never been sorry check them out sanderson ford in Glendale.
3: Glenn's on the line. Wants to talk about a VRBO he created in Jerome. I can't wait to hear about it. Glenn, tell us your story.
0: Yes, good morning. Yes, I bought a house in Jerome in 2012. that had been built in 1898 on the top of the hill there, Old Victorian. The problem is, in 1953, it had a big mudslide in the back of the house that had struck the house while the owners were living in there, and got it full of eight feet of mud over the years and for 60 years was abandoned. So when I bought it in 2012 and restored it, we basically had to dig out eight feet of mud, pull the floor out of there, put the house on stilts, restore it, and then put it back to its original state. So after we got done with that, we put it on a vacation rental, um, which has done very well, but it's very unique in the fact that somebody can go back and live in a building that was that old, 125 years old, And authentically restored to uh, visualize what it's like to live in Jerome at that point in time.
1: And Glenn, I'm not sure, but haven't we rented that before for our staycation winners? Yeah, you get That's correct. You're a a good memory. That yes, you're right. That front patio view is worth a trip up to your house. you did you did a marvelous job restoring that building it was it's it's beautiful yeah thank you and this the sun comes up and, and you lo-
0: too it's like that was and, and that was on the cusp of vacation rental controversy when I like in 2013 so the town of jerome uh, at that time <laughs> didn't like to change the venue and try to outlaws from making uh, vacation rentals there so we had to kind of go through the state law and were instrumental in changing some of the state laws allowing BRBOs to go through um, throughout the state.
1: Well, I, I I can remember finding it and searching for a place to stay and, and the story behind it intrigued me. We reached out and contacted you and asked you, would you make it available for a staycation winner? You did. They raved about it. Um, so uh, congratulations on a job well done. What's the name of the property?
0: Yeah, the John Riordan House.
1: Yeah, like the Reardon Mansion in Flax F. Same family name, the John similar, Reardon No Similar name, right? no relation, right? Right, right, same name. Right. All right, Mr. Glenn, thanks for calling in and sharing your story. We were looking for successful stories. Let's see if we can go to Doug real quick, who has a question off topic, not about short-term rentals, but a very critical one that I'm, I'm really beginning. Uh, this, this subject is really giving me a rash, I'm telling you. Go ahead, Doug, what's your question? Well, you know, you hear all these things where
0: they'll put solar on your house for virtually free. Uh, so I'd like to know, is there really a federal rebate or what that is? And then the other thing is, who did your roof?
1: Because I need to do my roof, and I might do both at the same time, obviously. It's a good idea, depending on the age of your roof. You certainly want it. My roof is a flat roof. It's a foam roof. Um uh Dura-foam has been doing my foam roofs for 30 years so that's who did my roof if and is yours a flat roof or a pitched roof it's pitched it's oh, good. a okay. i don't know 1400
0: square foot house
1: okay well we've got several certified roofers uh you're calling from mesa we got johnson roofing right there in mesa we got lions roofing we've got pinnacle roofing up uh, in the north valley just go to Rosie on the Get on the website, it says find a partner, click on there, give us your zip code, what trade you're looking for help for and it'll come up with the ones that are right in your area and no there's no such thing as a free solar system the solar industry is infiltrated by so many opportunists that are manipulating the message to sound better than it really is and i'm on a one-man campaign to clean up the solar industry if you want the true story of solar, you've got to go to Rosie certified solar approved contractors only. And there are and they all want the certification, but we won't give it to them uh, for for lots of reasons. All I'm going to leave it at this, Doug. The solar industry has as much bad information and and um, can I say crooks? I'm gonna say crunch. Shady. 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 Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. More bad misinformation and shady participants than even the water treatment business. So proceed with extreme caution. If you're shopping solar, you've that, that's that's one category you've got to go to Roseanne House for. And I'm gonna tell us I quick will. I'm gonna tell a quick story here. That there was a homeowner in North Phoenix that called me and she says A man knocked on my door and asked to take a picture of my electric panel. And uh, I let him, uh, and then the next day he came back to my house with a proposal for solar energy. And I'm just wondering, is it a good deal? And I said, why don't you send me the proposal, let me take a look at it. And I said, and I'm gonna send you one of our certified uh, solar ins- uh, installation contractors and don't tell him anything just get a, a just get a quote from him many solar companies use third party salesmen who are out there just knocking on doors and getting homeowners to sign contracts in this case the the door knocker gave our homeowner a proposal for ninety thousand dollars 90. And when the Rosie certified contractor showed up there and put a quote together, it was under 60. This door knocker was nothing more than a broker, a salesperson. And he sells you the solar system, and then he goes and bids it out to all the other solar contractors to see where he can sell it for the least. He had about a $35,000 commission to himself built in to this deal. And that's how a lot of solar companies are working right now, independent salespeople out there just bringing deals to the table. So I wouldn't accept phone calls. From anybody for anything, okay, uh, and there is no such thing as a free solar system. But there are rebates,
3: and you yeah, can get those details from our partners. I was actually just talking with Randy yesterday at Fox Valley Solar, and it, solar in the past had always been neat, and you know I understood it. Was interesting. Yes, this is on my to-do list, but not a top priority. But I think a big thing that's going to bring a lot more people into the solar world is you, if you you got to take it beyond solar. You can't just think solar because the problem with solar is what happens at night. You still have, uh, you know, your nighttime power that you've got to solve. And a lot of people think, well, I have solar, so I'm independent of the grid. Well, no, you're not. You are using solar during the day and when Your solar panels aren't producing enough. You're sucking energy from the grid system. And then at night, you know, obviously those solar panels are producing nothing. Now, you don't use as much power at night after you're done cooking and showering and uh, going to bed and sleeping. But they've got these smart computer switches. So, you've got your solar panels. Well, then you've got your backup batteries, And you can add multiple batteries. So you could build a 5-kilowatt system, a 10-kilowatt system, a 20, 40, whatever kilowatt system. So that during the daytime, on your on high peak hour um, from the energy company, if your solar panel can't produce enough energy to run your home, instead of pulling from the grid, it pulls from your battery pack. And so you never hit that on peak time during the battery pack. And then the battery pack will start charging the next morning as the sun comes back up. And you can have your panels recharge the batteries before at the same time kicking on. And then if you want to take it a step farther, you can put gas generator to back that up as well. So it's it's a system once – I think most people think solar, I'm going off the grid, and they're going to figure that out out that's not the case a little disenfranchised well you can't all by yourself with solar but when you come into these battery packs and these backup generators and have a whole combined system now it makes a lot of sense and there was a really funny instance this summer where our power went out and it was close to dark so we started getting down our lanterns you know kerosene lanterns that we just light and set throughout the house and uh they, they last a really long time. In fact, we left one burning just to see how long it would take, and it took four days for it to burn out nonstop. So you're at, was that, 24 times four. You're over nearly 100 hours of, of runtime. Well, after about 40 minutes, I texted Randy, I'm like, is the power out at your house? And he's like, I don't know. Hang on. He had to go look, and he's like, well, Yeah, my backup battery generator, and then he's like, I then I went and looked at the neighbors, and everyone's off.
1: I mean, it'd been out almost an hour. Had no idea. That's (laughs) it. Well, he has an interesting uh, view on it. I mean, you're actually at your house. You're capable of receiving and generating power three different ways. Receiving another way, so you've got four power systems to ensure you never do know. Yeah, tied into the
3: grid, and then these three alternate sources. So. So, it's— Being able to work as a holistic system, I think, is going to be a big selling point for a lot of people than just these solar lease program door knockers that go around town. And I'm
1: going out on a big limb, but I've asked for it in the past over the last couple weeks. I'm asking for it again. If you have a solar horror story, I'd like— to come visit with you. We are collecting all the stories of people that were told this will be free and their electric bills actually have gone up. Um, A lot of bad systems being installed out there for misleading reasons. If you have a solar horror story, I want you to reach out to us at rosiellenhouse.com and in the subject line, just put that solar system horror story and then it'll pass all my admin filters and everything comes straight to my desk let's see if we can get to liz real quick calling from scottsdale the number's one 767 4348 i got on a bunny trail of a subject that gives me a lot of rashes and, that, and I, that's the solar industry uh, but we're talking today about short-term rentals and liz has a question on that good morning liz Good morning. I'm Lisa. I'm sorry. Rosie. Uh, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are.
2: <laughs> Thank you for taking my phone call. I it's I have like a dream. I want to put uh, like tiny houses in a lot and slack stuff for short-term rental. Is it a good, good business or not?
1: Well, I'm not going to recommend whether it's a good business or not. I will tell you um, that in the right area uh, it 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 people are very successful with it, and it's interesting. You should bring up tiny houses. Uh, the Flagstaff Habitat for Humanity is now putting in an entire subdivision of tiny homes. To help offset the housing crisis in Coconino County, but I would have to—you'd have to do a whole pro forma on this, Liz. What's the land going to cost you? Are the utilities already there? Do you need to bring in the sewer and the water and the power? What's the cost going to be of putting these units up? And then what's the mortgage payment going to be? And then a small, tiny house in Flagstaff, any particular day or night, is uh, is going to be able to rent for at, at least one hundred twenty-five, hundred fifty a night and maybe more um run, run it out and see what okay. you think and then you've always got a place to stay when you okay. want to get out of the heat
2: exactly yes exactly <laughs> so I, i've been looking at some lots that they're like 20 20 minutes from flagstaff is that a good location or not it has, does it have to be have to be closer to the to the city well, town?
3: I guess which twenty minutes from Flagstaff? Because yeah, twenty true. minutes from Flagstaff, north, south, east, and west, you can you have a lot of different terrain. That's what, true.
1: What are what am I as the guest going to be looking at when I'm at your property? I would find I would find a trusted realtor in the Flagstaff market and sit down and visit with them. I can give you the name of a few if you'd like to reach out to, to me during the week. Uh, a couple of trusted realtors up in the Flagstaff area, and they can just kind of help talk you through what the current inventory of those units are available. And like Romy says, if you're 20 minutes towards Snowball, uh, yeah, probably a re- probably a real rentable spot. 20 minutes towards Williams, again, probably a very rentable spot with the train up to the Grand Canyon. Uh, 20 minutes. To Holbrook, you've got the Meteor Crater <laughs> and a lot of wide-open areas. So, good luck. And uh, if you need the names of some trusted realtors in Flagstaff, I can provide that for you. So, we're here talking about short-term rentals. We're here talking about um, whatever question you might have on your mind. Reach in to us at one 767 4348 would love to hear what's on your mind today concerning your house, home, castle, or cabin. All right, got a text during the break. Well, Rosie, it sounds like you're anti-solar. I am not anti-solar. I love solar energy. I love solar power. I just don't like all the shady people that are involved in that industry or the shady tactics that are used to push it and sell it. I'm very pro-solar. I want that to be perfectly clear. Really pro-solar. All right. We're talking about short-term rentals. I want to cover just a couple of the changes in the law. This this law actually passed the state legislature. And it, it requires you, if you want to convert your home into a short-term rental, uh, you know this. No city can outlaw that or tell you you can't do it. Uh, and, there's, and there's a lot of cities that are upset about that. They wanted the power to be able to say, no, those aren't allowed. Or at least they wanted to limit the number that could be. But that didn't make it into the bill. But if you're and going to do that it, bill was what, HB six
3: seven two. 2 It's yeah. a party house bill.
1: Yeah, and then there's a, a accompanying Senate bill. Um SB. I'm not sure. I don't know that number. I don't have it memorized. And you can actually, I'm pretty sure you can go to like azleg.gov
3: and find those and then follow them so you can get your updates and when they're meeting on it, what the decision was, the progress of it. It's very
1: boring. (laughs) But it's very uh, available. (laughs) Well, what the law states is if you're going to use your home as a VRBO, you've got to establish a relationship with the city, and they have to have the name, address, and phone number and email address for the owner or the owner's agent. They have to be available 24 7. Need the address of the rental, need proof of compliance with other sections of the law that you're not vote violating any code violations. There's a contact information that's required. You have to have someone available 24 seven and you have to uh, apply to all applicable laws, regulations and ordinances. And if you've got a home uh, that you're holding out as a rental property, um, you've got to pay sales tax on that rental income. And it has to be registered with the County as a rental property. Now, before you rent the property, they require you to notify everybody. It's, it, here's how it reads. Uh, you need to notify all single-family residential properties adjacent to, directly, or diagonally across the street from the vacation rental or the short, short-term rental. You have to put your neighbors on notice. I'm getting ready to do this. Now know this. Three verified violations um, of of disturbing the peace, uh, the cities are allowed to revoke your license and privilege of using it as a VRBO for up to 12 months. So if you're not the responsible landlord that sets the rules that this isn't a party house, we're not going to allow you to come in here with 20 people uh, if it's... Someone of a, a responsible vacationing family or friends, that's fine. Uh, one verified violation that involves a felony or serious injury or death to anyone in the house or committed by someone in the house, your, your privilege is revoked. <laughs> so they've got a, few, <clears throat> a, a a few things in there to start controlling this would you ever want to move back into that house if that happened well (laughs) that's a whole nother story all right when we get back it's a 10 o'clock hour open line one 767 we'll be talking a little bit about do-it-yourself landscaping what you could try and a couple projects you probably ought not try stay tuned